Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. The first reading is from Malachi 3, 1 through 4. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit at a refiner, purifying the silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be accepted acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by and many former years. This is the word of God for the people of God. We please remain standing for the reading of the gospel from Luke's gospel, the third chapter, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the rule of the emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor over Judea and Herod was ruler over Galilee, his brother Philip was ru- ruler over Iturea and Trichonditis, and Licinius was ruler over Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, God's word came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went throughout the region of the Jordan River calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. This is just as it was written in the scroll of the words Isaiah the prophet, a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places made smooth. All of humanity will see God's salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our sermon series this year for Advent is Get Ready. Advent, this four-week season in the church calendar leading up to Christmas, is a season of preparation and anticipation. We are getting ready for Christmas the birth of Christ. Now, I realize we live in a time where decorated trees, sugar plums, and gingerbread houses have filled our cultural spaces, also known as the seasonal aisles at Target, since October. Though a few of you have waited to pull out your sequence snowman sweater until after Thanksgiving, It feels like we've been getting ready for Christmas for a long while now. This season has been hijacked by our culture, and quite frankly, it feels like we have to follow along or we'll get left behind. Get ready. What does it mean to get ready for Christmas? When I was a little girl, My sister and I spent most weekends at my great-grandmother's house. We called her Pauline. And though Pauline was full of spunk, 
and she never lost her standard of Southern expectations. In her later years, she was unable to do like she wanted to. So every weekend we would travel with my dad, my grandmother, and do for her. We would grocery shop and clean the house, run errands. You get the picture. Well, every year, the Saturday after Thanksgiving was Christmas Decoration Day. We would drag out the half dozen bins full of festive holiday finds from the hall closet, and it was exciting. Pulling out old stockings and assembling our Christmas train. Every year, my sister and I would be giddy with excitement when the day came. But then we would hear Pauline's voice. Girls, don't forget we have to get ready first. And we knew what that meant. That meant that we needed to go under the kitchen sink and get our bucket of cleaning supplies because surely we couldn't put up Christmas decorations without dusting and sweeping first. It was so much work an all-day affair. But that night, once all the empty bins were put away and not one Christmas ornament was out of place, we would sit there by the glowing tree watching the train go round and round, and it was worth it. So I'm reminded this holiday season that getting ready for Christmas is a lot of work. It's a lot of work with trimming the tree and party planning, but I'm reminded by today's scripture passages that it's a lot of work for our hearts, too, to get ready for Christmas, to prepare the way. Advent is a season of peace, joy, love, and hope, a season of anticipation and preparation Yet we're surrounded every day by war and hate and anger and disbelief, preoccupation and impatience. And I think that's why I so much appreciate our scripture passages for today, where our regularly scheduled Christmas cheer is interrupted by the prophet Malachi and John the Baptist bringing messages that demand preparations of a different kind are made. Messages that remind us we need to get ready for Jesus. And we have a lot of work to do. John the Baptist and Malachi both force us to examine ourselves and our world. Now I want to go ahead and warn you, these preparations are not easy. And they are probably not fun, but they are necessary and they are worth it. The name Malachi literally means my messenger. And God sent the prophet to bring a message to the people. Malachi was active in the years following the return from exile. The temple had just been rebuilt. And the people were trying to get back into a routine of pure and pleasing worship of God. But it wasn't easy, because there wasn't any political or social stability. So much had been lost during their years away. 
there was a lot to do, and there wasn't much time left over for things like prayer, sacrifice, and worship. The Jews were tired. They were no longer trusting in God's justice, and they were doubting God's love. They had begun to lose hope and question God. So that's where we find the prophet Malachi. Malachi is set up almost like a deliberation. It poses 22 questions in its 55 verses. And our text answer today answers the question, where is the God of justice? They have grown tired of watching the wicked seemingly succeed. And surely they had not returned from exile for a life like this. Where is the God of justice, they asked. And I'm sure that Malachi's response was not what they expected. The Lord's return didn't look like they wanted it to. Indeed, the Lord is coming, and justice will reign, but that justice does not look like revenge. Instead, the coming Lord will look like a refiner's fire that will purify us. When the Jews wanted to point the finger of justice at their wicked neighbor, God's response is a word about the condition of their own hearts. It's not about what they are doing wrong, but instead about what needs to be refined in our own lives. The message of Malachi says, we are the ones in need of refining. But what's interesting about this image is that a refiner's fire does not destroy everything in its path, like a forest fire, for example. It does not consume completely like the fire of an incinerator. No, a refiner's fire perfects. It purifies. It melts down a bar of silver or gold and separates the impurities that ruin its value. It burns them up while leaving the silver and gold intact. To get ready, a refiner's fire gets rid of everything inessential. It examines our hearts and our motives. It asks the tough questions and pulls back the curtains of our lives and our faith. It is both individual and communal. You see, it separates out our ego and our pride and our selfishness, our busyness and our muchness and our greed, so that when we meet Christ on Christmas, we are ready. Not merely deceiving ourselves or covering up reality with an extra strand of twinkle lights, but we have done the hard work and we are ready. See, this notion of continual transformation is something that I love about United Methodist theology. It's called sanctifying grace, the process of being made holy. The closer we get to Christ, the more we look like Christ. We are being made perfect in love. It's not a one-time prayer or a magic altar call experience, but this life of faith is a choice we make every day. 
where we are continually examining our lives, constantly transforming, slowly refining. Advent is a time that joins patience and restlessness. We are waiting, and waiting isn't easy. We want Christmas now. We want fulfillment now. We want spiritual growth now. We want the world to change now. Am I right? But the moral arc of history in our own spiritual arcs often move slowly, organically, at their own speed. Our own personal and communal growth takes time. The agents of change must claim urgency, but also recognize that long-standing and permanent transformation takes time. I'm reminded of my work as a counselor and working with clients in recovery who find success in the 12-step programs. Programs like Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous have a model for transformation that reaches to a higher power, is self-reflective, and reliant on community. Now, I think that the church can learn something from this. Its model is centered itself in honesty. And as you journey through the 12 steps, you soon realize it's not a quick fix, but a lifelong process, much like the life of faith. And if you've ever sat in an AA meeting, then you know the unconditional love and support its members have for each other. But you also know that those meetings don't shy away from talking about the hard things. It feels like as a church, we shy away from talking about the hard things. We can protest distant distant issues of social justice and call out unfair systems and groups of people on their moral discrepancies. And we, like the Jews returned from exile, are quick to point the finger at our neighbor. But the prophet Malachi and John the Baptist aren't asking for finger pointing. They want us to hold up a mirror, to look at ourselves and examine our hearts. Are our hearts ready for Christmas? Outside the church, people are drinking eggnog with their neighbors, singing along with Mariah Carey in the elevator, hanging popcorn garland on their Christmas trees. But not us, church. We're in worship. And the people of God hear the challenging words of John the Baptist and Malachi calling for a different kind of preparation. John the Baptist and his call to change our hearts and lives cannot be avoided. John confronts us, commands our attention, and demands our responses. John's challenge to repent and prepare. True repentance literally means to change one's mind, turn around, reorient oneself. John calls all people to turn to God and from sin, to seek God's forgiveness, and to prepare the way of the Lord. Later, he gives very specific and practical examples of what that rightly oriented life will entail, but this week we live in the poetic world of the prophet Isaiah, who 
called all people to prepare for the Lord by making crooked paths straight, lifting up valleys, and making rough places smooth. This is about repentance and confession and baptism. What in our lives needs to be made straight? What rough places on our hearts need to be made smooth? Where do we need more peace and hope and love and joy? Where, where or to who do we need to show more grace? Now, I know what you're thinking. This is not the merry little Christmas we might have hoped to hear about this morning. But that's the word. Getting our hearts ready for Christmas is hard and messy. It takes honesty and humility. The waiting is almost unbearable. But it's also hopeful and beautiful. It teaches us that there can be joy in difficult times, even if it's just the anticipation of the joy to come. So over the next several weeks, as your calendars continue to fill with holiday festivities, when you find yourself rushing through the motions and wanting to cut corners to make it to the next thing on your to-do list, it is my prayer that you hear the voice of the Spirit say, girls, boys, don't forget, we have to get ready first. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, amen. Today, with the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit, guiding us and refining us as we wait for the newborn king. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.